Oh man, they said it couldn't be done. They said that you were the one in 2101, but here we are back again for another exciting episode down memory lane on Wrestling Wiki. Yeah, man. How are you? How are you, Will? excited i'm uh feeling good feeling strong you know the pollsters that it was inconclusive they weren't sure but here we are beating all the odds getting all the votes from the people well you look strong thank you, you. look strong you look okay. great thank you uh you know they say a good webcam you know cuts off seven pounds of dad fat so a good point. I'm uh, Chris is sitting in his 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 home office, uh, evil scientist laboratory with all sorts of <laughs> wild stuff everywhere, and I'm sitting on the actual floor in my living room. I look like I'm a homeless person, so well, rather someone squatting. And wow! Wow! Yeah, thank you, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Way to dunk on homeless people, man. <laughs> Sorry, somebody. I look like a, a a man who who has never been outside of his basement uh, currently. That I believe that is a better assessment of your current jib. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough well, uh, hey yeah i'm so excited let's get into it we don't have any big announcements today no um uh, i'm gonna get us started with our driver week you're gonna do our main eventer and yeah. i believe you have even some special news about a gimmick gone a gimmick gone bad per- yeah Chris, perhaps this is a new this is a new for me this is new for you this is new for the podcast but uh just today i was skimming my wrestling twitter and I saw a story that I just couldn't ignore. In fact, I was researching for a potential main eventer and the name, I wouldn't have recognized the name if it wasn't for the fact that I was researching this guy. Uh, and he popped up on a, on a news story and I just ran with it. And I went down a rabbit hole that I did not know existed. And I'm so excited to share with you uh, after the, the main eventer. Well, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to hear it. Um, Man, what a pleasure. All right. I would like you to open the image just real quick of that unsecure yeah. site I sent you. Yeah. And uh, uh cross my fingers. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. 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 So here we go. All right. Today's jobber of the week. Jobber of the week. And remember, we're taking jobber back. Jobber is not a derogatory term. All right. Many quote unquote jobbers are only jobbers for a moment. All right. Mm-hmm. They're not jobbers for a career. They just do the job once or something. All right. Again, we're taking jobber back. However, listener, you may be a jobber for all I know. Yeah. Hell, I could be a jobber. (laughs) If you have to ask, you you probably already know. (laughs) Am I a jobber? jobber? Everybody already knows the answer to that. Yeah. They're like, all right. So here we go. Today's jobber of the week is Kenny J. He looks, Uh, I'll be honest. He looks like a, like a really, He's a man's strong, man. He looks like a strong dad. He's I, I'm seeing a receding hairline. He's got a nice patch of chest hair that's kind of contained exclusively from like the chin to the upper lower chest area, you know. Yeah, uh, a couple well, of like sailor tattoos. Nothing nothing super exciting. Some black tights, you know. Well, he guy. to to give us some clarity here, he debuted in 1958. So at okay. the time, <laughs> this was probably a stunning look, okay? Um he's 84. He's still alive now. He hey. uh which is pretty sweet. Love that. Um, he was born in M- Minnesota. He still lives in Minnesota. 6'3", 275, trained by Vern Gagne. Pretty oh, wow. sweet. So Kenny Binkowski, better known as his ring Kenny Sodbuster J, is an American retired professional <laughs> wrestler, best known for his time with AWA, 
Jay primarily performed as a jobber, and he was often paired with fellow AWA jobber Jake the Milkman Millman. <laughs> if you can't, if you if the if your if your nickname is so similar to your last name, and you can't say it fast. The Milkman. They're, like, they're like you're the Milkman. Um, <laughs> in tag team matches during his career, he was known for his stiff wrestling style. He looks um, like wrestle stiff. Kenny, uh, as you can see by a picture, mm-hmm. was a natural athlete in high school, lettering in both football and shot put. When he graduated from high school, he moved to Milwaukee, found employment as a factory worker. Cool. Then he went to the military, uh, and his first match was at the Southside Armory for John Hines before he was working larger venues around Chicago. His wrestling career took a hiatus when he joined the U.S. Army for a two-year stint. Appreciate your service, dude. Mm-hmm. Joins the AWA after his military tour. Uh, he found employment with AWA wrestling every Saturday's TV taping, then house shows during the week for promoter Wally Carbo. Whenever the new name would come in, they would give them to Jay to make them look good. He used a mat based scientific wrestling style with the likes of mad dog, Vashon, the crusher, Fern Gagne, Jesse, the body, Bobby Heenan, bruiser Brody, and more wow. to help pay the bills. Jill started, uh, Jill Jay started his own landscape business where he got his name, the sod buster. I was, I was waiting. I was at the edge of my seat waiting to figure out how he was busting sod and how that played into his gimmick. So really he was just like, he was a garden man yeah. and that's how he got his nickname. I love it. Yeah. He never left the Midwest as he was rooted in his area with landscape business, wife and three kids. This guy's just, I love it. I love wholesome, it. Wholesome dude. A nice quote here from Harley race. Kenny J is the best overall talent in wrestling. He was what we called a job guy or jobber, but he could work with any human being and get a good match out of them. He would go in the ring with a big name who really couldn't do much and make him look good. And he could get in there with Danny Hodge or Vern Gagne and make them look even better than they were. He was just an incredibly talented guy. Harley race high praise two last little bits. And this will be your jobber for the week. My boy. Yeah. Uh, Early career highlights included going to Japan Beginning in 72, where he worked 18 matches, including five cage matches, winning most of them. See, not a jobber forever. Yeah. In 1976, he took on Muhammad Ali in a boxer versus wrestler bout that also featured Vern Gagne as referee, a match Kenny J considers one of the high points of his career. Yeah, that's amazing. I I imagine so. Yeah. What are you going to put that number two on your list of achievements? Okay. You go from being the job guy. Yeah. And now you're in the ring with Muhammad Ali. He was, he was described by one of wrestling's greatest talents as the quintessential jobber. This guy made him the prototypical enhancement talent, which is pretty impressive considering. I mean, he seems like he owned it and like that was his like thing. Yeah, that's amazing. So 84, Sodbuster appeared as a tag team partner. He retired in 85. He came out in 1990 and he continued working for the AWA for nearly 30 years until he went out of business in 91. Wow. It's pretty awesome. He then later started wrestling again Uh-oh. Uh, from uh, little spats between 90 to 2012. He wrestled his last match at 75 years old. That is amazing. How old um, who's the oldest guy who still gets the ring? How old's like Terry Funk uh, probably or something? Well, how old's um how old's uh Ric Flair these days? He's is in he his 70? 70s. Yeah. yeah, he's in his 70s. Okay, I'm just trying to think of like I'm trying to get an analog, an analog of my generation of somebody who like still kind of hangs around and like is in the wrestling ring periodically at that age. That's pretty wild. 
It's amazing. This guy rules, uh, as so many of these guys do. Uh, last bit, yeah. and we're done. In yeah. 2005, the Cauliflower Alley Club Board of Directors unanimously chose Kenny J to be honored. Kenny said, being the first jabroni to be honored by the Cauliflower Alley Club is really exciting. It's nice to be recognized by the boys. <laughs> Can you give me any context on what the Cauliflower Alley Club is? Um, I believe it's like a wrestling like Hall of Fame sort okay. of, you know, it's been around for quite a while. Like Formed in 1965. Gold. Okay. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty legit. It would be far more legit in many ways than the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I guess like the, there's always like an internal club that's more exclusive than like the popularity contest. That's incredible. That's so the roots of the jobber tree are the sob buster, as it were. Yeah, but then he like parlayed that into other things in life and was definitely not a jobber. And yeah. and he never left the Midwest. Super cool dude. Raised the kids. Just awesome, man. Some good wholesome jobber fun all around, and I'll tell you what: when I my very first visual analysis of the Sodbuster was that he looked like a strong dad. It seems to me like he kind of lived that gimmick harder every day. Yeah, he was just a company man, family man, you know, making people look good. <laughs> He's got, and also it's it's important to mention like that look. I'm sure he was like like you said earlier, like a specimen. People weren't used to seeing yeah. like, strong dudes, so he just looks like any guy who does like some CrossFit on the weekends nowadays, like he doesn't look anything like the dudes that like, at, you know, at six, three, 275 to be clear. Yes. And by the way, Chris, as somebody who is six, three and 270 pounds, I can Uh-oh. tell you, I look a little different than Sod <laughs> Buster. Um, but Goodness. So I, I can recognize just how fit he was considering that's a lot of, that's a lot of muscle to move around. Well, I didn't know that about you, but now I know now I have a point of reference. So, it's a, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you're watching professional football and they say this 18 year old is six, three, 270 pounds. And they look, they look like, you know, Titus O'Neill. They look like some sort of like <laughs> at you. And it's like, yeah, totally. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> me feel, too. I'm the same. Feel you dog. <laughs> well, uh, Hey, long live hey. Kenny J. Long it was, live uh, Kenny nice J. to learn about a man who spent time somewhere in a ring with Muhammad Ali. That's incredible <laughs> with the freaking champ. And you, right. love to see, you love to see a long career that's not mired by like drug abuse and sadness. You know, you these, guys, these guys live a very carny lifestyle and you can you can do it one way or the other. And this guy chose the kind of wholesome straight down the middle way, which just sounds he, like he didn't good. let the sweet temptations of the carny life get to him. Yeah. Well, it starts sweet... by never leaving. It starts by living, never leaving your hometown <laughs> or hey, never leaving your home area. I mean, he went to Japan. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And he had some he had show some, some, uh, show some respect. I got right, all hey, respect in the world for it. I know you do. All right. I'm I'm ready. Treat yeah. me with hey, your well, special treats. First of all, thanks so much. That's your first job of the week. And I'm I'm very thankful to uh to have it. Um okay. <laughs> so like like Chris said, we're gonna swap roles, you know, uh every every show or two. And so one's gonna introduce a job of the week, and the other one's gonna do a main eventer. And this uh week's main eventer is someone who we actually referred to. Uh, in another um, in another uh, episode, w- one of the things that I love to do while Chris is talking about the job, the, the the main eventer, is to just click all the clickable links while he's talking through this particular wrestler's Wikipedia page. And usually, I can find something worth talking about at the end because it's just a wild rabbit hole. This is how there's Wikipedia been a few works. lately that have been like just as a 
who would, as DDP would say, diamond mines. All right. Diamond mines. We are diamond. We are mining for diamonds today on Wrestling Wiki. So this person I actually found out about because I clicked a link during one of Chris's um, uh, 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 main eventers. And eagle-eared listeners may be able to connect <laughs> that dot because considering there's not a whole lot of these out currently, uh, it should be relatively easy to connect. This week's main eventer is a man named Mike Shaw. Michael Paul Shaw, better known to the world as Bastion Booger. Yes. Uh, give, me some, talked, give me some boog. We talked about Bastion Booger briefly, and the connection that was made earlier was that he wrestled as Norman the Lunatic and Norman the Maniac in where? Canada. Uh, he wrestled, I believe, as part of Catch Wrestling, although I might be talking out of turn here. Stamp, maybe it was Stampede Wrestling. But he, he wrestled alongside a lot of enhancement talent that ended up in Canada. Uh, and I'd like to invite you on a bit of a journey through the life of a man <laughs> that wrestled as, and I'm, I'm going to read all of the, um, the, the, the ring names that are listed on his video. Yeah, please do. I'm so excited. And they're in alphabetical order, it seems, uh, with a few exceptions for some reason. <laughs> um, we've got Aaron, Gr- Aaron Grundy, Big Ben Sharp, Bastion Booger, of course. Cousin Mike, just your good, your friend, your cousin Mike. Friar Ferguson, which is one I want to focus on. Friar Ferguson, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy. It. Man, I'm so excited for for, for Friar talk. <laughs> uh, Jed Grundy, so we got two Grundies now. Uh, Markham Singh, which uh, I believe. Is- oh, you forgot one. You jumped one there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. How Don't forget I- Klondike Mike. How can I forget Klondike Mike? Uh, we got Markham. We got Markham Singh. We've got uh, Man Mountain Mike, not Mountain Man, but Man Mountain, which I think is very cool. Mike Stryker, uh, Norman the Lunatic, Norman the Maniac, Trucker Norm, William Danger, which is a cool name for me, and Mike the Danger. <laughs> uh, so he has a pretty strong like through line on his uh, on his gimmick names. Uh, the Grundies are there. The Lunatics, the Maniacs. Um, what is his build height and weight? Yeah. So as you can imagine, based on names like Man Mountain, uh, he is six foot, uh, 405 pounds. Uh, he was trained by Killer Kowalski and he was active for about 30 uh, years. He was active from 80 to, to uh, 2009. And uh, his, his story takes him across North America and across just that endless number of gimmicks and it's really incredible and he, he brushed shoulders with some of the most incredible wrestlers that we've got uh so he started uh in vancouver's uh, all-star wrestling uh, as klondike mike which is wonderful uh and that's an 80 in 81 he wrestled in wwf as mike smith which is a real step down from klondike mike as far yeah as that's a, that's a real like <laughs> we're gonna call you you know i don't know dave jones like yeah what well, my guess is that he came in he had a little bit of a you know he may have built up a little bit of a name for himself as klondike mike and then when he comes to wwf they're like no you are you are nobody you are a jobber you are mike smith you are like you're you're scum yeah, you, you are you're you dave jones you're, you're mike a fake smith. name you're a fake name on a motel like rental you are nothing uh and so and then of course he lost he jobbed out to pedro morales uh in 82, he became wrestling. He wrestled under his real name for Stampede Wrestling in, Cal- in Calgary. So he went from Vancouver to the U.S. back to Canada, but he's in Calgary this time, uh, which is, you know, Alberta. 
and then he connected with the great Gamma Singh and was bestowed the name Markin Singh. So I guess that was kind of part of his, uh, his association with great Gamma Singh, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, and they formed a stable called Karachi Vice, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, with him and Gamma and Gary Albright as Vulcan Singh. So they were all the Singhs. Uh, of course, spelled S-I-N-G-H. Uh, and they were managed by Judah Rosenblum, which is uh, kind of out of left field considering all the Sings. And then uh, they, well, I guess it says, yeah, they were wrestling with Stampede still. Uh, and it says they wrestled with the likes of, they, they feuded rather with the likes of Owen Hart, Davy Boy Smith, uh, I guess pre-British Bulldog days, Bret Hart and Chris Benoit from 86 to 88 so a just a that's a hall of fame canadian kind of list right there um from 86 to 88 he won the stampede wrestling north american heavyweight championship three times defeating owen hart dropping the title back to him so i just want to say just we talked earlier about jobbers not being jobbers for life and now this is not this is a main eventer with a weird gimmick so he's not a jobber but he he has kind of played both sides of this of this role right like he he was the man in stampede wrestling but you'll see he kind of um ceases to be the man as he as i he love that owen hart at that time too would have been even younger yes and he would have been a real high flyer and he's just getting smashed by this just man man mountain yeah imagine that's 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 a, that's a three-year feud or a three championship change feud uh between this gigantic blob of a man and, and like a young, healthy Owen Hart. Owen, yeah. Imagine, imagine how cool that would be. I guess that's like, uh, that's like when Mabel got a big push <laughs> or when that, they put the belt on Yokozuna like a couple times. Right. Man, Mabel is a future. He's <laughs> yeah. a future episode. I, I prefer to only talk about viscera. Oh man. Either or yeah. but fantastic. So, um, so, so the point here is that he was really doing it in, uh, in Stampede. <clears throat> so uh, he, uh, on the, uh, and sorry, in 88, he and Vokan Singh, I guess as a tag team, defeated the British Bulldog. So I guess this is after Davy Boy is wrestling as, as, as a British Bulldog uh, for the Stampede Wrestling International Tag Team Championship. Nice. So he's held the heavyweight belt and the championship belts. They dropped the titles to Chris Benoit and Biff Wellington. <laughs> uh, who I'm not sure about, but that's awesome. Sounds like a, like a plate you get a like, yeah. You know, the MCL cafeteria. I'll take the Biff Wellington, please. <laughs> uh, uh, at your leisure, just highlight his picture of Biff Wellington. Uh, he's got a really nice, like, thick kind of curly mullet yeah. and a great stash. He looks a little bit like a, like a, like a, um, a guy impersonating Jake the Snake. He looks like a buff version of my father-in-law. <laughs> This is the second time you've referenced your father-in-law. And I think what's going to have to happen next is you're going to have to show me a picture of your father-in-law. I mean, I'm going to have to have a shoot interview with my father-in-law, it seems. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, Benoit and Wellington took the belt. And it looks like it says, it doesn't say there's any sort of drama, but in 89, he just left Calgary uh, He after he dropped the belts. And so um, former three-time uh heavyweight champion one time international tag team champion of stampede wrestling he uh oh i guess rather stampede wrestling closed in 89 that makes sense 
So uh, he received the opportunity to join WCW as Norman the Lunatic, which it's unclear. They don't talk about who developed these gimmicks, but the picture on his Wikipedia page that Chris is looking at right now is of his maniac or lunatic gimmick. And he's in this kind of like asylum outfit. He's got really big unkempt hair. He's a big dude. He's got a big full beard, a lot different than his uh, Bastion Booger kind of gear. Uh, and he was, ma- he was med- managed by Teddy Long. Nice. He led him around with a giant key. So I guess he was like somehow the warden. Uh, <laughs> the key was symbolic of Long's potential to recommit Norman to the insane asylum uh, if he didn't follow orders. Uh, and Norman also carried a teddy bear with him. Uh, eventually, he broke away nice. from Long and turned face, being renamed um, being renamed Norman the Maniac. So he was he was introduced as Norman the Lunatic, and then when he turned face, he just called himself Norman the Maniac. So. A couple thoughts. I love that. Like, so he's like, it's sort of, it's sort of undertakery. You know, there's like this thing that controls him, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Imagine people watching him be like, no, Norman, you can break free, Norman. You can and do he, it, buddy. Right. And he breaks free and he's like, guys, that's the old me. I'm no longer the lunatic. I'm the maniac. And people are like, oh, the maniac. Like, it's just it's this the change is so subtle it's insignificant but you're right he's a very sympathetic heel as someone who's being like controlled so he, he the the turn makes sense i guess in the there is a theme. really i mean if you got 350 dollars to burn listener okay there is a uh <laughs> like vintage eight and a half by 11 picture of norman the lunatic uh with a teddy bear <laughs> that ha- appears to have a wig on it and it is signed uh this picture and it is it is is on ebay yeah and uh the teddy bear he has a a fistful of candy canes in his hand norman does for some reason okay and the bear says uh on his t-shirt says i'm nutty about you that's listen i feel like cornering the market on this merch has got to be important kind of financial move for us as these people get their second win through the power of, of podcasting. Yeah. I think we're, you know, <laughs> yeah, I want some, uh, I'm not totally sold yet. I think I got more sold on him as I read because he seems like a very interesting character. Um, so yeah, he, he, what's wild about this is he still is being pushed pretty hard. I, he must've been great in the ring. I don't know much about his in-ring work, but he, he, as the maniac, he feuded with Kevin Sullivan and received title shots against the uh, then NWA world champion, Ric Flair. Uh, wow. Yeah. Nice. It's like, it just casually mentions that he's got these great opportunities. So this guy's this guy a jobber in no, no way, shape, or form. I mean, he may have done the job at some point, but yeah. like... I think he does the job periodically. He's, he's just fascinating because here's the thing. The, the Wikipedia reads, and I love the way that these are written sometimes, it just reads very staccato. Like, he did this, he had a great time, and they did this, and he had a great time. So in this same, in this three sentence uh, span, it says that he uh, feuded with Kevin Sullivan, got title shots against NWA world champion, Ric Flair. Next sentence. He later adopted a trucker gimmick, trucker norm, ostensibly in memory of his late father, a long haul truck driver. Which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. But it just like, it just, it just like, he just, he just seemed to hop around, you know, like, and he was willing to just drop everything. He had this whole maniac gimmick. He had this, and this is all in the span of, of three years, 89 to 91. So he just like had this thing. He had a long-term story. He had a manager. He had a championship shot. And then he was like, yeah, now I'm a trucker now. 
And then the, the, the next sentence after that, so one sentence, he's maniac. The next sentence, he's a trucker. The third sentence, he then wrestled in Memphis, uh, Memphis's USWA as Jed Grundy. So he just like, <laughs> he just dropped the trucker norm gimmick. It's like, he, I'm out of here. I'm done with my Ric Flair feud. I'm off to freaking Memphis, nerds. <laughs> where the grass is green and I could be Jed. Where the sod is delicious. <laughs> where you can bust all the sod. Don't make me bust this sod on you. I'm curious. Can't imagine there was a lot of sod buster promos that oh, were landing. Yeah. It would have been recorded on 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 straight to wax. <laughs> um, so then he wrestled in the Global Wrestling Federation '91 uh, as the Makan Singh gimmick again, um, and he joined the Cartel. This stable, is this is rad. Yeah, a stable of Cactus Jack, Rip Rogers, and Scott Anthony. So he's Cactus he's, Jack you know, and Rip Rogers is pretty sick. That's a fun. Yeah, that's a fun faction. See, like that's a shirt I would wear. Absolutely. Like, can I have a thing just says the cartel and has a picture of all of them just in their like little buff little look? I'm like, sweet. What's What's incredible to me about this is that he seems like a very um, a very Forrest Gump kind of character where he just kind of wanders the globe and cool stuff happens all around him. Not to take away from like how much he probably worked at his craft. But he seems to just kind of end up in the right place at the right time to be with these legends. And like no one, you, I, I, I couldn't name literally any of these gimmicks except for Bastion Booger and maybe um, maybe the, uh, the, the monk, uh, what was it? Uh, Friar. Yeah, Friar. Uh, I, I, there's no way I would have, Friar Ferguson. I, I, there's no way I would have. And that may just be part of like television and, yeah. you know, the, the, the specter of, you know, WWF and WWE and like what you know, you know, like where we had these guys all some of these guys pre you know gosh like 85 that you know were huge in like their their respective areas and like obviously for us as adults born in in the 80s it's impossible for us to be like oh yeah i used to grow up and like yeah you know watch so and so just destroy people you like like the von erics like yeah exactly i was was about to say the von erics they were they were superstars before there was any sort of consolidated territorial wrestling of any kind yeah um sorry so yeah so he so he ended up in the global wrestling federation hanging out with cactus jack and rip rogers and scott anthony and then just ships off to mexico and so 91 and 92 he's uh aaron grundy brother of solomon grundy uh, (laughs) in in the yeah right in the (laughs) emll and on the mexican independent scene uh, Solomon Grundy was already an established wrestler and uh, I was only familiar with him from like the Justice League cartoons. Right. Um, so yeah, so he's so he's he's teaming with like I guess a pretty big deal in Mexican wrestling as so he just decided, okay, I'll be a Lucha Libre guy for a while. And then he ends up in the WWF, 93-94. Uh, and he uh, made his debut. He says he, he says he bre- in April he briefly wrestled of 93 as the friar and friar ferguson a quote mad monk Uh, apparently they received a bunch of negative feedback from the catholic church of new york specifically i guess because they were always in the garden Uh, so they dropped the character uh it's funny to me that that was a a bridge too far frankly because i don't want to get philosophical about it i don't want to get political about it but like they had wild gimmicks that were like really really strange and problematic but as soon as you popped on that fryer outfit, they're like, nope, you got to get, you cannot. I love, so it's interesting to me, the two times he's dipped his toes into WWF, mm-hmm. like he's not, 
like everywhere else he's treated like a star yep like he's a stud and then wwf hey man mm, i'll work so like we brought you in we're excited to have you hey how do you feel about being a fat monk? Yeah. Cool. Or, or, or nobody Mike Smith. What's wild to me is I think, I think I know. I mean, I think it's just like Vince doesn't like, doesn't like fat guys that aren't Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bundy or Vader. You know, he, he, I, I think he couldn't see a star in this guy where obviously everyone else could, because it says the next, the next sentence says Shaw was then given quote, allegedly for his punishment for his weight. The ring name Bastion Booger in, jo- in June 93 with the gimmick of an unkempt, slovenly, and gluttonous man who wrestled in dingy, too small, gray beige <laughs> singlets tailored to give him the appearance of a hunchback. <laughs> His debut uh, as Bastion Booger. <laughs> What's wild is like, think about, think about who. He, so he came out hot. I don't think he lost an, an opening match. In any promotion besides WWF, he was working his way up the up the ropes or up the up the um, standings, whatever. His debut as Bastion Booger saw him lose to Virgil. In I mean, Virgil needs sex money. That's a well documented, you know. Is that what he said? I think believe so. I believe so. <laughs> and then that's kind of then, his gimmick now. He won a rematch the following week, apparently. Thank goodness um, the blow off. It says he achieved only marginal success, primarily serving as, quote, a jobber to the stars. Booger's biggest victory in the WWF was a clean pinfall over Owen Hart. So there's a. That's right, Owen. Never forget who the real champ is, baby. (laughs) And you got to know in the locker room, they were like, come on, like, who's going to do the job for for Booger? I bet Owen is cool. He's like, dude. Yeah. I'll I'll put you over. Show some respect to the Boog. Because like, because Owen, Owen and him had a had a, a big feud, and like, it, apparently people loved it. Um, and it was apparently just prior to, to Owen's big main event push. Uh, his only pay per view appearance was in '93 Survivor Series, teaming with Bam Bam Bigelow. To my point earlier, Vince is like, I ah, put the fat guys together, uh, and the Head Shrinkers in a loss to Men on a Mission and the Bushwhackers. Uh, he feuded with Bam Bam. After. Uh, to be clear, Men on a Mission, half of that tag team has Mabel in it. Just, just this a, is a very heavy. And also, the, weren't the head shrinkers also gigantic men too? Am I? Am uh, I that them? sounds. That sounds right. That's I, a bit. That's a clickable link, my man. Go get to it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh, that's the. Um, oh, the Noi family. Not too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This, the, the yeah they, they big boys. They big boys. Yeah, so it's a it's a, it was a heavyweight a heavyweight kind of situation, um, and then he feuded with Bam Bam afterwards after quote falling in love with his valet Luna Vachon. Um, while who could blame with, him? Who could blame him? While teaming with Bigelow, I don't know what Luna Vachon looks like. I think you you pointed her out last. Uh, she has a she has a what I call a vicious look. She does. She's a little pointy. I can see that. She's just that was, yeah. She's intense. That was bangs, that was the thing. Those bangs yeah. are pretty crispy too. They were of the time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so, uh, sorry. So the uh, while teaming with Bigelow on the third of uh, January, Booger kissed Vashon, causing Bigelow to get angry. And who wouldn't? Booger and Bigelow faced each other the following week, and Bigelow won the match after Vashon distracted Booger by blowing him kisses. Very shrewd. I'd be uh, I'd be distracted. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Booger was scheduled to appear in the 94 Royal Rumble match, but was replaced. The kayfabe explanation was food poisoning, which of course is like super mean. Uh, we don't know why he 
he was actually replaced, but they said, oh, he's just fat guy. He eats everything. He's food poisoned. Somebody put boogers in his food. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's too much. And then he lost his final match on WWF TV to Coco Beware in 84 and left the WWF. So what a tumultuous run. Like every other paragraph of this Wikipedia article reads so much better. Like he was like kind of doing his own champ, thing. tag champ. Yeah. Or at least, or at the very least, like in a cool angle, in a cool going to angle. Mexico. Yeah, know, like, why not? Like hanging out with Solomon Grundy. Like why not? And in this, he's like a big fat guy who's like kissing ladies and getting hurt, and also potentially a a, a, a you know offensive Catholic guy. It was just bad. So his WWF run was over, and then he wrestled in the Indies for a while. Not a whole lot to speak of there. Um, he feud I mean, with, he feud with Typhoon. I love Typhoon. Looks love like my typhoon. stepdad. Okay. All these wrestlers look <laughs> like, uh, fam- you know, there's a lot of familial. <laughs> so, like one day I'm going to, I don't want my stepdad to hear it. Okay. I don't want my stepdad to ever listen. And, but like, I'm serious. He looks spitting image of Typhoon. Okay. So, this is just for Chris's stepdad. Anyone listening, <laughs> please turn it off for just a second. Don't listen to this. We don't mean it. You just look like these wrestlers. Okay, everyone else can listen again. All right, hi, hello, <laughs> welcome back, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the. We're gonna wrap up the. Uh, we're gonna wrap up. The... I just enjoyed a nice plate of Biff Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to learn about this week's main eventer. Oh man, and I can't wait to to get to the news too after this. This is wild. So, um, yeah, not a super ton of stuff uh, happens on the Indies, but he bounces around. He's in Calgary. I think he just has a. At this point, he's kind of an elder statesman, although he's only been in the scene for a while um uh he lost to doink the clown yeah there's a doink there's a doink, <laughs> there's a doink sighting <laughs> and this is also in, in, in ontario i guess doink was on the move also something to mention here is that bastion booger uh he was able to keep his gimmick which means that the nice. wf didn't even option his gimmick like you know all these people who they pick up and they release they have to wrestle as somebody else because vince owns their their gimmick yeah. they were like buy don't let the door hit you on the way out take the booger gimmick we don't want it like the, how disrespectful um so yeah he lost a doink he retired in 99 um and then he came back to wwe in 07 which is something they did they brought back people they kind of slighted in the past uh and but then they 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 really kind of um disrespected him so he came yeah, back i need, I need you to read this for sure yeah i'm gonna read it all so 15th anniversary special of raw he returned as bastion booger the opening segment in which triple h jokingly suggested that Big Dick Johnson, another character whose unsightly physical appearance appearance had been used by WWE for comic effect, was Booger's son. Jack Specific added Booger to the classic superstar line uh, of their toys in 2008. So uh, I'm not going to be putting Big Dick Johnson in my search query and to find out him as a wrestler. This is one of those moments, listener, where uh, Chris is listening to me or if Chris is presenting, I'm listening to him and I want to click a link and it's not clickable. So I'll just copy and paste it into the Google and see what comes up. And typically you can find the person you're looking for. I'm also not going to copy and paste Big Dick Johnson into my (laughs) to find out who this person is and why he looks like uh, Bastion Booger's son. Yeah, so he, they brought him back. Hey, come on back, Booger. We missed you. We're going to put you missed on Boog. Yeah, and then they just like slam dunk on him, call him fat, uh, which is just mean. And then, uh, but, you know, it looks like he got a toy out of it, which is cool. Uh, Chris, I need you to look up and see if there's any toys available that, of that from that uh, Superstar line series. Um, I'm already on it. 
And then, um, yeah, so apparently he kind of jobbed around a little bit more in the indie, indie scene from six to nine. He, um, he was Saginaw, Michigan, kind of up on the Canadian border. Uh, he didn't really do it to a whole lot more. Uh, unfortunately, he is, he is deceased. He died in September. He died, he died from a pulmonary embolism on September 11, 2010 at 53, gone too soon. I uh, left behind two, two children and a wife. Um, I just want to read through his accomplishments one more time so we can all remember the life and times of Mike Shaw, uh, Bastion Booger, and many others uh, together. He was the NWA Tag Team Champion two times, um, which is wild. He was uh, PWI's number 403 out of 500 in 2003. Which still, is make, still making the brand at 03. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's ranked high, frankly, it's ranked higher than a couple of people we've, we've mentioned before. Yeah. On, yeah. On this list. Uh, Stampede Wrestling. He was a tag team champion two times. Uh, once with Vulcan Singh, one with Jerry Morrow. He was the heavyweight champion three times, as we know, feuding with Owen Hart. He won a Slammy Award uh, in WWE. Gosh, this is garbage. Let's Some of these it. early Slammy Awards are trash. Yep. Let's bring I it hate right. this stuff. We're flying high in Stampede Wrestling. Let's bring it down. He won a Slammy for most likely to see Jenny Craig in 94. Great fat joke, guys. And then uh, Uncle Dave gave him most embarrassing wrestler in, in uh, 1993. Oops. Uh, and worst match of the year with Bam Bam versus uh, and the Head Drinkers versus the Bushwhackers Men on a Mission at Survivor Series. That is the if you'll notice a trend, all of the really slam dunk uh, kind of accomplishments he got um, being fat and, and being embarrassing came during his WWF run. Can't say that enough. Um, everything else seemed pretty, pretty nice. So in regards. Uh, so you asked me about eBay and Bastion Booger. Uh, there is a fig. All right. There's a loose fig for 65 bucks. Um, yeah, the merch is hot on Mike Shaw. There is. Um, and there's, yeah, there's some, there's some other really good, See, now I think some of this makes me think maybe he took all Bastion Booger in stride. Uh, there's a picture, a reprint picture, where he is lifting a weight with one arm and has a piece of pizza in his other hand. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a really sweet Bastion Booger pin that's like designed in the uh, Hasbro like style. Like, I'm, it's seven bucks. I'm pretty interested in it. Okay. Put like, it on your watch list. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, honestly. Uh, yeah um yeah and then there's a couple cards and you know just some some book some cool book apparel there's a awa wrestling all-stars little thing with bastion booger on here that's pretty cool like uh yeah dude give me some book time so i this is one of those moments where we find somebody who has lived a lot of life in a lifetime um very kenny, kenny casanova e maybe uh, he did a lot of stuff. He got given some dud gimmicks by by Vince, but he lived. He he was a champion, and he died a champion. Last 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 thing, and then I'm excited for your news as I'm oh, yeah, perusing through some of this, uh, you know, wares and whatnot. There is a magazine in which Bastion Booger is on the front. Okay. Uh, for AWA, it's a wrestling program. Okay. Um. One of the he's on the front of it, and it says uh, right here has a picture of him, and it says "booger warning." <laughs> <laughs> just, just 
all capital letters, exclamation mark, booger warning. This 460-pound WWF Colossus is on the rampage in British rings, appearing exclusively for all-star promotions. So he must have been making the rounds. Yeah. And then on the back, like throughout this, uh, you know, it highlights all these other wrestlers. One of the worst. There's a, I don't know how this is possible. Doink must not be allowed or something. So there is a tag team with a clown called Dunk the Clown. Dunk the Clown. It's not a typo. With Dink. But they do not look like Doink or Dink at all. They look like uh, you're, these are classic clowns. Like these are classic looking clowns. And uh, keep a beat on Dunk and Dink, or at least Dunk, because that could be a, a pretty nice job of the week. Yeah, Dunk is <laughs> Dunk the clown. Dunk looks like he is not happy about the choices <laughs> he's made with his life. Wrestling because it's, it's booger time, and he's teamed up with Dink, and yeah. they got to take on the Man Mountain, four hundred yeah. pounds. He's got a real Chris Bennett hairdo. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> keep gonna keep it going, and I can I can feel his pain. I'm like, hey, look, you got great hair, man. Like, why you? This is the choices you made. Oh. I'm looking. I'm looking at this right now. Oh boy, booger warning. Four hundred sixty pounds. So they they build him. They build him as a full sixty pounds over what he actually weighed. Yeah, this is booger time. Booger time. That's incredible. Um, thank you for sharing. I think one thing that I'm, I want to, at least I want to create as a tradition, is ending the main eventer or the jobber of the week, if applicable, with a little bit of live promo uh, for your audio pleasure, listener. Uh, I present to you seventeen seconds of a promo delivered um, prior to Earthquake versus Bastion Booger. Earthquake, you meet me right here next week, and I'm going to ruin your return to the WWF. When you get in the ring with me, it's going to be like a 10 on the Richter scale. Boom! And I'll tell you what, I'll be the one standing, and you'll be the one trembling. I mean, look, that's a straightforward promo. I like that. <laughs> it's a little derivative. I'll give it like a, like a 6 out of 10. He delivered it. Uh, he had a little bit of gesticulation. He clapped his hands. It's hard to look past the the outfit, though. He looks uh, like a. It's very strange. He delivered it with conviction. He sure did. Uh, okay, so, so I want to let's give a clap. Let's give a clap for this yeah. week's main eventer. All right, Burger, Mike Shaw, Man Mountain, any of the Sings, Grundies, <laughs> all of these things, Klondike Mike, etc. 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 And uh, now we're ready for our first ever <laughs> Jabber News. Jabber News. That's right, guys. The Jabber News Flash. I'm going to quickly educate you on um, a man named. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at Matt Morgan. Sorry, I, I had to pull up my my uh, my uh, Wikipedia page here. So Matt Morgan. Um, is someone I considered for Jabber of the Week. Um, he's an interesting guy. He's actually had a super long career. He's not a bad wrestler. Uh, and he never had a really, really uh, weird gimmick, except for the fact that he once wrestled as having a stutter. His whole gimmick was that he had a stutter and he was really defensive about it. Um, but what Matt Morgan is, is he's a very statuesque dude. He is, uh, uh, let's see here. What's he billed as? He's billed as seven foot, 300 pounds, and he is just like all muscle. Um, uh, and so doesn't tell me much of a jobber. I'm excited for where this is going. 
Well, so the, the jobber portion is that he is notable for having this really bad stuttering gimmick that like did not get over. Everyone hated it. And he it kind of like ruined his run um, in, uh, in the WWF. And so that was like the end in, in, in uh, when he was on SmackDown in, in 2005, that was his kind of last, uh, his last like push was to try and get over this stupid stuttering gimmick. No one liked it. And then he went uh, and ended up running um, in TNA. So um, the, here's the thing. This, this guy wasn't worthy. I was just researching him for the show. And I thought, hey, you know, maybe I could discuss this. There's some interesting stuff in here. But then I saw a tweet about the recent um, Matt Gates investigation. So <clears throat> I'm going to connect some dots here, listener. And I'm also going to be very oh clear. This is an apolitical podcast. We are not going to, I'm not going to speak about any of the political implications of what's happening here. I'm just going to uh, mention verified facts that are public record. Okay. Recently, in the probe into um, legislator uh, Matt Gates, there have been some financial improprieties that have been that have been mentioned, uh, and uh, Matt Morgan is the current mayor of a town in Florida. Uh, he is the mayor of. Uh, sorry, I'm looking up his. There's a lot here. Uh, he's the mayor of Longwood, Florida, and so he uh, before he started running he was in tax debt, like set, I think it said $37,000 of tax debt. Mm. He was referred to as the blueprint during his wrestling days, right? Because he was this like genetic kind of specimen, right? Seven foot tall, 300 pounds, all muscle, like handsome guy. So he started a company called Blueprint Incorporated. Makes sense. That was put on the payroll for $4,000 a month and there was no work product provided. He was paid upwards of $40,000 for nothing out of the Florida, out of a Florida tax office that Matt Gates oversaw such that he could pay down his tax debt, they think, prior to him running for office. He made a run at a different, um, uh, as, uh, as a, at a different office thing and he lost. I think it may have been like a, a, a state legislature position, but he's now currently the mayor of Longwood, Florida. So he got dirty money and is now wrapped up in this Matt Gates. Um, oh my! Handle. But that's not even the weirdest part, because you know shady people are going to do shady stuff. In the process of trying to connect all these dots via this tweet that I saw about him being somehow implicated, I found out. And Chris, I'm not sure you're ready for this. His DNA was shot into space as part of a project called. Operation Immortality. Hmm. <laughs> so, the blueprint. What what you got on this Tesla? <laughs> yeah. Has so, your DNA been shot into space? I doubt it. So apparently, Richard Gryatt, um is a was a, a spaceman. Uh, he was a, an astronaut. I'm I'm a spaceman. I'm a spaceman, and. <laughs> He, uh, he was a British spaceman, um, <laughs> although he has dual citizenship, and he is also a game developer. And so this guy sounds really cool. <laughs> he does sound pretty pretty cool. I, 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 it was what's funny is I can't find a ton. The website for this project is down. Um, all references to it are in like video game blogs from like 2008, and it's like, okay. hard. To, it's hard to find. It's really hard to triangulate this. If anybody knows more about, when this, I'm not making video games. I'm going to space. <laughs> 
pretty much. And so he was behind an MMORPG called Tabula Rasa. Uh, and it was like reasonably popular. And so as part of a promotion for it, players of this MMO were offered the chance to have their DNA sequenced, digitized, and fired off into space as part of the immortality drive to accompany him on his uh, expedition to the International Space Station in October 2008. This is amazing. Uh, and so what he also did was he held polls of the players of like who, who do they think DNA was worthy and it's unclear to me, I can't figure it out based on like the, the kind of scattered articles that I've found, but uh, it's either that the fans voted him or uh, he was chosen by Richard himself, but Matt Morgan, uh, known as Beast on TNA or The Blueprint, had his uh, DNA sequenced, digitized, and sent into space in 2008. So... A, from from stuttering jobber to dirty politician to immortal space god, I present to you <laughs> the new, this news this news update. Uh, should the aliens ever collide with the craft that's that's floating in, in distantly in space and try to reconstruct a human, there's a good chance it's not going to be you, Chris, or me. It's going to be real shame. It's going to be the blueprint, the dirty politician, Matt Morgan. Wow. I thought that was a worthy news update. Uh, I think so too. You know, it's not every day you get to hear about <laughs> about dude getting his junks into space. It is it is one of the strangest. And like I said, I was just I was looking into him. He wasn't really uh, he wasn't really a main eventer for this show. Um, but his name stuck in the back of my head and then all of a sudden across my desk this tweet about his connection to Matt Gates's probe sent me down a rabbit hole and I ended up in space. And I, I honestly, it was one of the better afternoons I've spent researching wrestling. Man, how is, in all honesty, how is um, there not some Ric Flair in space or something? Like there would be other candidates that you would think would be more likely to have, you know, some of their specimen in space. This, this reeks of, and then this is where it kind of comes back down off of a funny hill. This reeks of kind of like eugenics to me. It's like, I am the perfect man. I am the prototype. I'm the blueprint. This guy thinks, I mean, like Ric Flair, a whole race of Ric Flair's would be awesome. Yes, but <laughs> they would be a little shorter. They'd have a snaggle tooth. They'd have a bit of a... <laughs> wow. Why? Why they gotta have a snaggle tooth? Well, he's, got, he's got a bit of a, he's not a snaggle tooth, but he's got a bit of a, you know. He's, he's dentistry a, now, you know, like. I'm just saying, like I, I think get you. I get you. This is like this guy is supposed to be the like the gingerbread man that you stamp out and is like, <laughs> just. But like he's, but he's like a he's a you know there's there's now hard evidence that he's actually not a great dude. He's just really big and strong, uh, and he is. And also, just I want to be very clear, um, and just I'm going to send this this link to you. Uh, it is unclear to me whether the sequence of DNA showed up on his wrestling gear prior to or after him being <laughs> sent into space, but um, he does have a double helix on his wrestling shorts. Oh my goodness. Uh, and yeah, if you can click around and find anything else about Operation Immortality, that link is DED dead. Operationimmortality.com. Oh, you know what we can do, Chris? I'm the Wayback Machine. The I already know. Machine. What, a, what am I thinking? Oh my gosh. We, I well, gotta see what it looks like. I want, man. I am 
I'm in a weird place right now. What's that? I'm just trying to pull this dude's life together. Okay. Um, it's only it's only been active in 2008. I'm gonna pull it up in August 14th, 2008. Uh, uh, he he. he, he he apparently was an American gladiator too. Yes. That's he was an American gladiator. So that was, again, like I was thinking about him for the show. Cause like, he's at least got like some interesting stuff that he did, but I watched that show. Me and a couple of buddies watched that show like religiously when it came back. Oh, it was great. It was great. I'm, I, I don't think I ever caught it. Watch at your leisure. Oh no. I think that I think that this may not work. Okay, well, this is not good audio uh, to sit here and wait for something to load. Oh, ah, okay, here it is. So Tabula Rasa, it 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 takes you to their um to the. It just takes you to the the, the video games website. I think this is a a, a very very close tie in with Tabula Rasa, which again was some sort of middling, MMO that was kind of competing with World of Warcraft. Um, this is a total gimmick, the ultimate gimmick, <laughs> space DNA. I'm ready. That's it. So, oh, that's uh, it. No, no, All right. That's that's it. The, the 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 promotion was tied up so so conclusively with the game that okay, there's not a whole lot of information to be gleaned from the Wayback Machine. Well, uh, yeah, ma'am. Wow, what yeah. a what what a wild life, uh, <laughs> man. I'm so excited about the amount of wrestling knowledge that I am gaining every week that will serve me so well in my life. And we'll show up on a nice resume line. And I hope that our listeners are ready to partake, you know, in the just digest of knowledge that is wrestling wiki. And, you know, tell a friend, tell a friend, be like, hey, yeah. you ever heard of the ding dongs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you heard of never, Shark Boy? All right. <laughs> you'll never guess what I learned today about a man who's had his DNA space. Or a 400 to, or to 460 pound man who beat Owen Hart three times in the 80s. Yeah. And then, you know, he was a booger and a friar. He's, <laughs> he he's all things man. to all people. <laughs> he was uh. all things to all people. Yeah. Come, come, come back. Let's click through some more Wikipedia articles. Let's learn together. Let's laugh together. Let's, uh, you know, love together. I like that. I like that. Hey, <laughs> you're looking strong. Yeah, man. And uh, can't wait to do this next week. Yeah. I'll see you soon.